My name is Justin, and I host Mysterious Circumstances Podcast. If you're into a detailed, well-researched podcast that dives into everything from unsolved true crime to paranormal to any kind of unexplained mystery, then you might like my show. But be forewarned, it's unpolished and raw. Hopefully I'll see you there. back on unplugging it and plugging it back in that's the <laughs> printer and the laptop now that have been upset near me just so it's mercury knows. retrograde <gasps> come on man come on man okay downtown things will be great when you're downtown okay we're recording awesome pause him in five four three hey everybody this is danielle this is Daniel. And this is Carla, and we are Hoosier Homicide. A true crime podcast by Hoosiers for Hoosiers, or for anyone that doesn't know what a Hoosier is. Welcome. Howdy. Welcome to my back. Welcome to my back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so let's talk about something. What do you got to talk about? Area 51's being invaded. Stormed. I just feel yeah, like... Good, good luck. What is it? That's Didn't what you I say that's like declaring... War uh, or something? Treason? Yeah. Well, like yeah, it. I mean, I would think attacking a military base as a U.S. citizen or storming one would be seen as an act of treason. They, you know, the thing is, is if anyone actually tries to get into that base, they would drop people. I know. So it's like, they will shoot your ass and not be sorry about it. Well, I don't know if you guys They follow... probably have riot stuff there. Oh, tear gas. Oh. Tear gas. Those uh, they rubber have balls. stuff for riots that yeah shoot out the uh, okay. rubber balls. They use them in prison. Hundred miles an hour. Yeah, they just don't want us to know about aliens. Okay, they just don't want us to know. I mean, maybe it's we for can't the best. handle it. Our fragile little egos cannot handle it. That's why I was thinking maybe it's for the best. We don't know what's out there. Yeah, that would be a poor decision to try to storm. I want everyone a... to do that and then tell me about it. Yeah, like you <laughs> go <laughs> ahead. Oh. You go ahead. You report back. Then I saw this, oh my gosh, then I saw this tweet from the tweeter world. A tweet tweet? And it was this animal shelter that tweeted, let's see, I retweeted it. It was it was worthy of a retweet. It said, the animal sh- this animal shelter is doing a storm the shelter event. And they dressed up their dogs and they put little foam, like star or foam hats on them. So it was aliens? <laughs> I bet they love that. Boris, can I put an aluminum hat? They look so cute on your head. <laughs> everyone do the right thing and just go adopt Adopt a dog dog. and not storm area 51 yeah adopt dogs they'll keep people from breaking into your house yeah i genuinely haven't done any reading on that i've just seen like article no i would be i'll be back like the rock in independence day yeah yes exactly i got in trouble at meyer why i haven't told you this oh yeah we have a story to share and i'm gonna share it okay so we go to uh, we go to Meyer yesterday because we were like kind of out of stuff, and the IndyCar race got delayed. Um, it's it, they had like a uh, real severe storm come through like a half hour before the race started, and it got delayed like three hours. So we went to the grocery store. So as always, because 
she takes way too long to go through stuff. And mm-hmm. like when I have stuff in particular I want to get and I'm not just there to kind of walk around with her, I need to go I need to go do that. So I'm go off to get my stuff. She and the child go off in another cart and I get this phone call. And all I all I hear is her mildly panicked and I hear mum say something. I'm like, what? Just nothing. Just get here. Just just get here. I'm over by the frozen food. So I take the she phone. She didn't get very far. Huh? Mm-hmm. You didn't get very far. She was in the frozen food. I had I had made it all the way over to the produce. Okay, so or you not made the produce. it. She was at the frozen food. I was at dairy. Oh, because you did make it pretty far then. Yes. I didn't realize that. I always do that route. I go there first. So anyways... Um, I come around the corner and all I see was, I thought was her cart. Can't, don't see her. Don't see, don't see our daughter. A group of fucking people surrounding the cart and blood and a small figure on the ground. Can't see what. So I go fucking running with my cart through mire. Okay. And keep in mind, I have recently begun exercising on a regular basis. <laughs> so I am, if anyone would have walked out in front of me, I would have just fucking bulldozed their ass. Okay. I still don't see her. I get there and all of a sudden I realize it's this little old lady on the ground. Mm-hmm. Now I'm really confused as to what the fuck's going on. And I look up and there she and our child is sitting there watching, but they were like down a couple aisles over. From where this was going on. And obviously once I saw the group of people. My eyes didn't like start looking. No, no, else. Yeah. So I go running up. And I'm like god damn it. You fucking scared me. No you said you should have fucking told me. And I was like. Oh. And then, a, <laughs> okay. and then a, our daughter is very excited. By this old lady that fell on the ground. So she he's yelling at me. She loves the life and alert she's, commercials. <laughs> <laughs> and she's yelling out loud that the lady fell down and hit her face. She fell down. And it's just like, oh. So what happened from my point of view? Why did you say get here? Because. Uh, so she ex- she explains this later. Later. He but what so everyone needs me. to understand is in the heat of the moment, she did not describe this at all no. very well. And for about five seconds, I thought our daughter had fallen out of the cart and crushed her skull open. Yep, that's what. He, and yep. she was possibly traumatized and couldn't get out what was going on. I'd, so I thought that for about five seconds that we had a really big life changing problem that had just happened inside the mire. You so excuse never... me for not walking up and going, "Oh my goodness gracious, what happened." <laughs> Oh my goodness gracious! Yeah. I mean, like I, I, I see both. No, I, mean, I see, I no, see his side. No. But let me tell you, my side. I witnessed this little old lady get tangled up her own feet trying to get the Tostitos frozen pizzas out. Very and important. She busted face hard on the tile floor, and I was like, "Oh no!" And the other group of people was a mom, probably still younger, my age, with the toddler size, holding baby size, and that her husband, boyfriend, something. So it's me is the the person that's about to help this lady is like, but then, so I'm walking over and realize, oh, she's bleeding. And so I think a Meyer employee was calling 911, not helping her. They were doing the 911 thing. So I wasn't going to do that. They were doing, they were doing, okay, well, you finish your story now. And so I thought the guy in this scenario was going to be the first one down and he didn't. 
He didn't. So I was the one helping her. Oh. And then I realized, and then our daughter's How do you like, always get wrapped in. I don't this know. Stuff? Our daughter's like leaning over, getting closer and closer. And I was like, go back, go back by the cart. So I'm helping this lady, that this mom who goes and gets some type of towel just off a rack and hands it to me. So I'm holding this lady's like head that was split open, holding like if she was bleeding pretty good. And I was holding up, up against her head and she's like, don't leave me. Don't leave me. She's like, I'm bleeding. I'm ble-. So she was really scared and upset. And I was like, we're not, no one's going anywhere. Like I was not the only person there, but then I felt like really obligated. And I was like, what's your name? I was telling her my name. I was like, you're going to be fine. They're calling, you know, they're calling the ambulance. Wow. I'm very impressed with you. Yeah. But see, but then my brain realized I could not see our daughter. So you just said you need to get over I was here. like, okay, yeah. I could she was standing by the car and she really wasn't very far away and I know she wasn't going to go anywhere because she was excited by what was going on she's like yes (laughs) go back to Meyer tomorrow (laughs) yeah something worth watching finally so I knew she wouldn't walk off on her own but that doesn't mean anyone else wouldn't walk off with her so I could see her legs in between everyone else's legs and I finally was like I cannot hold this lady's blood in her head not get it on me and watch our daughter at the same time. So I finally was like, someone else has to do this. So when I texted him, I said, come to frozen food. I need to go wash my hands. <laughs> That's what I texted him. <laughs> and so he didn't read the text, though. So I was like, I just I have to call him. Well, see, my brain, like, you know, that adrenaline rush, I thought he was still in the produce, which means he would have ran into me before he saw any old lady on the floor. Well, he had long since left the, you know, the vegetables and fruit and shit and was in like the back of the store. So that's the first thing he saw was a small figure on the ground bleeding. It's just a severe case of miscommunication. Yeah. But everything sounds like it turned out all right unless the lady died. No, I think. And then, but then they were moving her. And I was like, I don't know if you're supposed to move anyone with head trauma. I don't so, know. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Cause so that was the thing that I felt bad about. Cause it's like if I'd have been there, I'd have known. No, 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 no. Yeah. You're, you're not sitting her up. You're not moving her. You don't her. know. She mm-hmm. just bounced her head off a concrete. Yeah. Floor. She didn't catch herself at all with her hands. She, she was just too is old to be. At least 85. Mm-hmm. Most likely. Probably older. Yeah. Yeah. It was Do like. Do not move her. And I. Wow. Yeah. They did. I mean, I had to step away. And that's. I put our daughter in the car and was moving. Well, now she can see the fire truck has pulled up in the ambulance. And she's like. And she was like. Yeah. Yes, it's <laughs> happening. <laughs> so she was like. We're not moving. She was like. I want to watch. And she waved as every single EMT <laughs> fireman came through. She was like. And they're like waving back at her. She's like. She was like. You don't know how exciting this is for it's me. It's a fucking parade in the middle of Meyer. So she so then you know we waited for them. They brought the stretcher thing through, and I was like, okay, well now I'm still getting diet coke before we leave. Like this shopping trip is still over, but I want my diet coke. And she was like, are we gonna? I want to leave now. I want to leave now because she wanted me to turn back around because it was near the exit. Like you'd have to walk past the scene of the trauma again to leave the building, and that's what she wanted me to do. She's like, I can't see them. I can't see them. And I was like, I know, but you're not supposed well, to be like, to go, gaw- like gawking. And I was, so I was like, we'll walk by one more time. And so we did. And I was like, they had her sitting up and in one of the rascal scooters. I think she'll be fine. She just should. I'm sure. Thing. She might not ever want Tostitos pizzas again. Oh. And oh. someone else should be with her while shopping. Like, it's not like I was anywhere near her that uh. I could have caught her. And she fell in almost slow motion until she hit the ground. And it was like, oh. The montage in Rocky Four after Apollo Creed dies, mm-hmm. they show him getting knocked down to the uh, 
I just like the woman that had the baby on her hip was just telling people what to do. She was taking control of the situation, which is fine. But I thought she was going to tell her husband, boyfriend to be like, get hold this here on her head. But she handed it to me. And I was like, I I need to go wash my hands. I need to go you know, wash my hands. EM- I need to watch my kid. EMTs have gloves on and shit. And I was like, so hopefully our daughter becomes a doctor or something. She really might. I don't know. No, she's pretty she's intrigued with a lot of by stuff. That. She wanted to be like in it, watching it. And I was like, you can't be this close to, you know. And I was just afraid someone would walk off with her. I was like, I'm going to walk away from this bleeding old even, lady. Even in that scenario, they could be like, where's your mommy? And yeah, like, it's like, be like, take, take her, by her the to hand. customer service or something. Yeah, and, and like, I was like, kid's lost. And I was like, so I just decided someone else could help the old lady and I'm just going to address. The lady was pretty smart for giving everyone directions because that's yeah. probably what I would have done. Yeah, that's you need someone to be in charge. You, call 911. Yep. Come back and tell me what they said. She had another one who was just like, go get some towels. And he didn't do it. And it was like, and so she had to go do it. Holding a baby, directing people what to do. He wouldn't do it. She was like, someone needs to get some ice. Like, she wanted like that. She was well, like, you guys were in the frozen food. So yeah, we were. Grab a bag of pizza. Peas. Yeah, pizza, peas, something. Oh, fuck. It was, I felt real bad. She's in it. I think they took her to the hospital. I think well, in no, that case, you have no choice. No yeah. way they didn't take her to the hospital. Yeah. And Too so, old. Yeah. But the nice thing is the ambulance, the fire station is like, you could throw a rock and hit Meyer from yeah, it. Yeah, that's So true. they're like right around the corner. So we see the fire truck and the ambulances a lot around here because they live so close to us and it's always a joyous I really occasion. don't know what I thought this story was going to I don't go know. To, I know. Like, like go, you got in trouble. Like I thought you were going to, I don't know. I thought maybe you accidentally stole something and like it set off a sensor. <laughs> That's happened to before she's walked out of the store with one of those sensors stuck to the bottom of her foot. And I was trying to find like what she had that was making it go off. <laughs> uh, That's pretty funny. I was like, did you put something in your pockets? And she's like, there you know, I just a kid. <laughs> but man, that adrenaline rush, I felt it too. You compared it to the explosion. The explosion. Like my mouth gets instantly dry and I'm like, I can't breathe. I know what's happening. I was like, your hands start to shake more. I was like, this sucks. And it takes you a while to like calm down from it. That's a better reaction than just like passing out or something. Yeah. Yeah. I can't promise I wouldn't do that. Yeah. She was bleeding and it was getting in her eyes. And I was like, I cannot wipe. Like there's only so much of touching help I can do here. I'm just not, I'm not okay with it. Surprised there weren't any like nurses around or something. Usually, but our daughter, this is the second or third time she's witnessed an old lady on the floor at Meyer. (laughs) 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 And she wants to be like, what is going on? Another time the lady was just like, she wasn't bleeding or anything. They just had her laying flat and had a pillow under her and the EMTs came. So we stay until we get to watch this lady get picked up it's several it's at least twice if not three times that we've witnessed this so but this time was well, the I best mean, time wait you, you see it all the time mm-hmm. and see i wonder how many people because there's that uh there's a retirement home that yeah retirement that's right there right there man guys it was rough but it sounds like you made it through i think she'll be okay the and i couldn't trip was stay. over i couldn't be the point person i had the toddler if I had no other option, I could have been. But that woman, I just, I it made me. I watched, I watched too many shows, listened to too much podcasts to know that someone will walk off with your kid, no matter where you are or what you're doing. Yep. So I was like making a decision here. Someone else can hold the bloody towel. Excuse me. I go bacon. Wash my hands. That was fun. Minutes of fun, actually. Where's the case go? You got the papers. You hand me the papers. Oh, I already read it. That's but you don't know what it is. Blank, 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 and the blank. 
I titled it too. I know. I, love- I saw that. I was like, you wrote a freaking essay. Mm-hmm. Essay. Essay. I wrote to my essay. Exactly. <laughs> I should have some medical training, I guess, to help. But carry. I carry my fanny pack everywhere I go. You think I should have like medical first aid kit in it? It literally says Life- first aid on it. It does. It's like it was a lifeguard, I think. Oh, okay. Okay. Because so people should have, I had it on. I bet I'm they surprised assumed. when we're like, just get a napkin yeah. or just get a bandage out of your like, fanny no. pack. I was like, all that's in here is my keys and my wallet. <laughs> so I guess the connection here will be missing kids, missing person, not kids, missing. When people go missing. That's what it is. Okay. None of this, what I'm about to say or cover, will give you any satisfaction whatsoever. Just so we're aware. Just so we're aware. And this was, oh, let me find her because this was suggested to me. Okay. I got contacted through uh, our Facebook page, which we do have. I don't say it every time. (laughs) Every time. (laughs) But I don't know if I'm saying your name right. It's just Chanda. You're putting okay. an R in there for no reason. I didn't reason. mean to. It's just coming out of my mouth. Chanda, <laughs> which I hope I'm saying that right, contacted me about a missing persons case. And I realized we don't ever talk about missing people. We, it's not satisfying. No, but it's, I think part of it in my brain too, though, I was like, well, that's crime junkie. Like she has a wider audience. You know, she's better at it. Why would we Who's do that? that? Um, exactly. Ashley Flowers, crime junkie. Like they're the most, you know, they're, she's in Indianapolis. Yeah. So I was like, well, she's the one who covers all the missing people because it's only worth it being on her podcast because ours, you know, wouldn't reach as many people. But then I was like, but if we're talking about missing people in Indiana, it makes more sense because yeah. most people that listen to us are in Indiana, followed by Texas and we, California. We covered Lauren Spears. She's still technically a missing yeah, person. Yeah. So that's, I mentioned. So, but that's the only one. And that's what we did with, um, it was one of our earlier episodes. It was a murder. Lauren Spear. No. She, we <laughs> mentioned her because it was like, could she have been murdered by the same guy? I mean, okay. It's like one of our very first episodes. The audio probably is, audio quality probably isn't great, but it was the murder of Hannah Wilson. I think it was Daniel Masterson. Masters? Daniel. I remember that. Yeah. Isn't that impressive? But that was, it's still in Bloomington. So that was part of it. Oh, and we were okay. like, and that one was if he had been convicted and they processed DNA properly, he would not have been out to murder her and assault a bunch right. of other okay, women. Okay, okay. So, and we did talk that. about a couple of missing women in that, in the Bloomington area. But this... He was connected to her. Yeah. Um, this is bigger and there's more here. So I should get started. Yeah. Podcast Twisted Philly did this and she actually interviewed the missing woman's father. And I, I'm not an interviewer. I don't... I'm not a professional researcher i'm not a private investigator this is all just stuff i looked up online and i am also aware that all of these missing missing women are white women which i didn't do purposefully i just something you you said earlier what (laughs) and that i mean because that's how it happened lauren spear pretty white blonde girl goes missing well that's what the media yeah and it tends to portray more anyway but i think that them being a bunch of missing white women connects them also so there's a point to it but if anyone does want us to cover a missing person or to mention it or something just let me know and we will because you get the word out yeah because it doesn't hurt anything unless people are offended that we're talking about their missing person on a on our podcast in particular because it is offensive i mean i would figure they would just want any type of help at all so that's i'm going with that that's what i'm i'm sliding that that way i feel that ashley morris mullis 
which I like alliterations. So I titled this Ashley Morris Mollis and the Missing. So it's now a book. <laughs> uh, was She's 27, vanished without a trace from Royerton, Indiana. Can you look that up? Oh, how'd you even, how's that even spelled? R-O-Y-E-R-T-O-N. It's by Muncie. That's not even, it just says Muncie. Okay, so it's basically, it's a smaller town in Muncie, Delaware County. That's a horrible name and I don't like it. Royerton. 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 It's Muncie. Okay. How far is Muncie from here? Let's be more accurate. Indian, Central Indianapolis, Central Indiana, Indianapolis. Hour yeah. Hour and a half north, mm-hmm. west, northeast, northeast. Sorry. You got Ball State University. That's what there. I was going to say. It's near Ball State. Which our lovely mother went there. Mom went to Ball State. Chirp, chirp. Chirp, <laughs> chirp. That's all I'm going to say about that. That's all I got to say about that. She went missing on Thursday, September 19th, 2013. So not that long ago. When? 2013. No, what was the date? September 19th. Oh, okay. Not the 9th. Not the 9th. <laughs> She's described as a loving and kind-hearted mother. No one believes that she would simply walk away from her three beautiful children. When she disappeared, she had two sons with her husband, Justin Mullis, a five-year-old and a two-year-old, as well as a six-month-old with Daniel York Sr. Oh, things are getting complicated. Yeah, they are. According to her father, Don Morris, Ashley loved crafts, antiquing, and refinishing furniture. She was also very outgoing and loved to fish and camp. She'd be 32 years old now, uh, 5 foot 4 to 7 inches tall, weight 115 to 145 pounds. She has 115 to what? 145. I think about it, how much you weighed twenty compared to age 27 to 30. Like I think they're just giving a range. Oh, she was I, this was on the lookout for I missed the age. How old was she? She would now be 32. That's according this is according to Namus. I didn't make up these. She has brown shoulder-length hair and brown eyes. Around 2011, while Justin and Ashley were legally separated, his cousin took her to get some repair work done on her car. She was having difficulties with the vehicle's transmission. She was referred to North American Discount Muffler and Brake. There, Ashley met 60-year-old Daniel York Sr., the owner of the repair shop and resident of Royerton, Indiana. So we're talking like over a 30-year age gap. Yeah, so this was six years. What year is this? This is 2013, Mm -hmm. so six years ago. Okay. Yeah. Um, Despite their age difference, the two hit it off and soon became involved. Daniel, who was already married, had a penchant for younger women. Within months, Daniel loaned Ashley a vehicle and gave her a rental house to live in. Shortly thereafter, Ashley became pregnant with his child. Ooh. As is often the case in new relationships, Daniel promised Ashley the world, and the two of them would move to Florida, buy a house, and build a family. Why do people think moving to Florida is going to fix their problems? It doesn't. Your problems follow you. You are your problem. (laughs) It would take a while, though, considering the fact that he was still married. Apparently, Daniel's wife knew about his relationship with Ashley, and it doesn't appear as though she asked her husband to stop seeing her. In March 2013, Ashley and Daniel welcomed a baby girl named Abigail. Justin and Ashley Mola shared two dogs. An incident occurred where Ashley thought her estranged husband was looking after them while he believed that she was. For some reason, only Ashley was charged with neglect, but was unaware of the charges as she was in the process of moving. Not surprisingly, she didn't show up for her hearing and a warrant was issued for her arrest because she didn't appear in court you and i 
are married, legally separated. We have two kids and I get pregnant by a six-year-old man, but we still have dogs in a house and we're kind of in the process of leaving each other. Oh, so they're not, they weren't, Mm -mm. okay. So it's like, you're taking care of the dog and you assume, no, you're taking care of the dog. Oh, shit. So it can happen, I mean, that shit does happen and I don't, I don't know the extent of the neglect, like, um... But only she was, was charged. Her, was her fucking... So they were separated before she started fucking around with this other guy. Yeah, that's what it said. Legally okay. separated. But not divorced yet. So I don't know the difference. I don't know either. Um, They're in the process of getting a divorce. Okay. But it takes a while, so... Okay, I, I understand that. that then. Filed paperwork and shit with... So it's in the, the process of... And, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so a warrant was issued for her arrest, and the authorities never located her, however, because she had already vanished. Oh. Like, what? How old are these kids? Five and two and six months. I'll admit, okay. being a mom, sometimes you just want to so walk out. she was supposed to have the five-year-old and the two-year-old? No, the dogs. She got arrested for not watching the dogs? Mm-hmm. They, they must have left him outside for a couple days Yeah, like, I, if we are both separating our lives, but we oh, are neglecting our okay. dog, but she's the only one who got blamed for it, and they issued a warrant for her arrest because she didn't appear in court that she didn't know she was supposed, supposed to appear in. Oh, okay. So, they had a house mm-hmm. together still, but neither one of them were living there? I don't know, specifically. That's, I bet they well, just I mean, because that's the... what's confusing, because it's like, if he was still living in the house, then did he have the dogs, or did they both? Like, not stay at the, the house. house. Or did he That's call what the I police think, saying she's neglecting her dog? Maybe, to get back at her. But the kids are not an issue in this. Okay. Except oh, for the fact good. that she would not leave her kids is the point. And, like, neither her family nor investigators believe the warrant was in any way connected with her disappearance. It was a simple misunderstanding that would have easily been resolved. So she, it's, she did not skip town because she had a warrant out for her arrest because of neglect of her dog. It, it just seems like kind yeah. of a, a non-issue. It I mean, wasn't intentional. It was a confusion between her and her soon-to-be ex-husband. I'm sure they're not communicating well, probably not getting along real well, which is normal. Ashley Morris Mullis was last seen by her family on September 17th at a family reunion there was no indication that anything was wrong that day. According to a source, she and Daniel York Sr. Uh, were seen together the following day at a business they frequented. I don't know what the business was um, or how often they went there. And a Tasties. Oh, it might have been. T- I don't know. It could have been. <laughs> uh, he was seen at the same location several more times, but never with Ashley. So it could have been a Tasties. <laughs> She was allegedly last seen by her boyfriend's family on September 18th in Royerton, Indiana. But for some reason, this was never confirmed. She is last. She was last seen by a friend on September 19th, getting her nails done at a Muncie nail salon in Muncie, Indiana. This was also the last day of any incoming or outgoing calls on her cell phone. After that, Ashley vanished. Her disappearance was not reported to police, however, until October 10th, 2013, a month. Almost a full, like almost a month later. In some circles, this has been chalked up to miscommunication between the families. So her family believes that her soon to be ex husband maybe reported it, her missing. But you're like, why the fuck would I report her missing? And maybe you assume that her new boyfriend, who's 30 years older, has reported her missing. And the boyfriend assumes that her family has reported her missing. Or no one really cares except for her family. Yeah. That all sounds bad. Yeah, so that's. I think that's the only way I understand it is just the miscommunication that someone has already done it. I don't. I don't like that. I mean, <laughs> if you were concerned, you'd call. 
Yeah. So I think they are, but like okay. no one can get a hold of her. It just seems like a really long time and it gets worse. Zanny the nanny took her. Yeah. That's why it took over a month to report her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, that's, I don't understand that. Do you get the reference? Yeah. Because no. that Kate, was Casey Anthony. Didn't oh. report her daughter missing. And then yeah. she said, Zanny the nanny took her. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously. <laughs> The missing woman's father, Don Morris, was contacted by Ashley's estranged husband, stating he tried to contact her several times but was unable to reach her. Don then attempted to contact his daughter himself, going so far as to leave a note on the door of her house. So I think maybe in our brains, we talk to our parents every single day, mm-hmm. every day. Okay, but a lot of people don't, don't. Actually. So if you hadn't, so a lot of people, I haven't talked to my dad in two weeks, it's not a big deal. Like, you know, yeah. So, so if he wouldn't be known that she's been missing for two weeks or three weeks, like, because yeah. You know. Well, like when I went to Disney, I mean, people wouldn't talk to their parents every day. Yeah, and you're like, you don't talk to your mom every day. I'm like, I just my mom just texted me five seconds ago. Five seconds ago, I got to text her back. Hold on. <laughs> so it, that might not be anything unusual that his that her dad would know she was missing instantly because they may not talk every day, which is fine. Um, yeah, maybe we're the weird ones. Yep. After two weeks, Don finally caught up with his daughter's boyfriend, Daniel. He maintained that Ashley just up and left and that he didn't know where she was. Something did not sit right with Don. There is no way Ashley would leave her children or disappear without telling someone in her family where she was going. Yeah, that don't, none of it sounds right. It was then that the police were contacted, but even that didn't go according to plan as the search for Ashley was further delayed thanks to miscommunication from law enforcement. Don said it took several days to get directions on who should take the missing persons report, the city police or the county sheriff's office. It seemed like it would be pretty straightforward, but it wasn't. According to Don, he filed a missing persons report three times with the city police, but because it happened in Delaware County, they were told to file the paperwork with the county sheriff's office. This is That's the kind of shit that pisses me off. You're getting the runaround. Yeah. Meanwhile, county representatives kept sending the reports back to the police, and this went on for three days. The missing person's paperwork then sat on a desk with the city police for five days and then at the county's office for an additional five days. All of this can be backed up with electronic communication between the three parties. This honestly, my coworker was having some lady problems, mm-hmm. but her gyno wouldn't take her. So she went to the ER and the ER was like, you need to be seen by a guy now. And you're like, I'm and just like shit back and forth back like and forth, that. Yeah. I would have been so So I don't know off. what, you, I, if you asked me, if someone went missing right now, do you go to uh, your local police or the sheriff? I wouldn't know the sheriff. I'd be like, because mm, I've never reported anyone missing before. And if they told me, no, you're at the wrong place, you need to go here. I would go there right away. And yeah. then like, no, you're at the wrong place. And then you would go back and be like, I feel like I'm not this getting something. Just don't know what you do. And I'll list my sources at the end of this because I didn't write this. Daniel York Sr.'s cousin, Michael Scroggins, was the Delaware County Sheriff. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We have overlapping interests. At Do the what t- now? Wait, what was that? Daniel York Sr.'s cousin is the County Sheriff of Delaware. Uh-oh. So we've got the old guy. Yeah, so it's like- Got a connection here. He is the Sheriff. Yes. At the time of Ashley's disappearance. Although correlation does not imply causation, it appears that Daniel's relationship with his cousin prevented him from being thoroughly investigated in the disappearance of his girlfriend. By all accounts, this would be a serious oversight since the police always and without question look at the victim's spouse or partner first, a.k.a. the husband did it. Like that's how we always know that. Mm -hmm. 
There isn't a lot of concrete, verifiable details at Ash- of Ashley's disappearance. After she went missing, Daniel was confronted by investigators about Ashley's whereabouts, but his story was full of holes and discrepancies. When questioned by detectives, Daniel said that Ashley took $15,000, signed her parental rights of Abigail over to him, and promptly left town. He then obtained a lawyer and would only speak to police if his attorney was present. Daniel York Sr. was never fully investigated. His cousin, the former sheriff of Delaware County, has since died. So, How does that happen? How do they just like get to decide who's going to be investigated? Because it's like, I don't know if your cousin's be like, do like, you know anything about this? And he goes, no. Nah. I'm like, okay. And I'll write it down that I, and like, I questioned you. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So, And there's no proof of that. It's not necessarily just because there's no proof that he did anything. It just is very apparent that Ashley's boyfriend was not thoroughly investigated. Right. Well, you would think all all they would need if we wanted to get him off was another police officer to say, oh, he, or say I was with him that I night. I was with him. Yeah. He told me he didn't have anything to do with it. So-and-so says he was with him. Or uh, where's this document that said she signed over parental rights? I don't know. In there, But they think it's forged. Like, how can you prove, like, my signature, you could prove if it was forged or not. Yeah. There's no electronic copy, so whoever was writing this or me personally, I'm not able to pull it up, I guess. I didn't have time to search for... You have a famous person's signature. Yeah. I play a doctor on TV. No, not a doctor. No doctor would take the time. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be a Disney character. (laughs) (laughs) It is awfully goofy looking. (laughs) Some people allege that Ashley told them she was going to leave town, but those details are difficult to verify. Uh, But if she did withdraw a big chunk of money and sign over her parental rights, it would look like she was leaving town like that. If she did do those things, it would it appears like you're taking your money and running. Allegedly. Allegedly. But according to Delaware County Police Detective Kurt Walther. It just doesn't add up. The biggest issue with this theory is that Ashley wouldn't leave her two children behind. Wait, what department? Delaware County Police Detective. Delaware County. Is Muncie. So, this is a county, this is a a detective within the sheriff's department Mm -hmm. saying this. Even more interesting. That's what it says. I don't think I rewrote that or anything. Changing facts over Mm -hmm. here? I don't think so. (laughs) Um... Daniel admitted that she was on occasional that she was an occasional drug user and her parents said that she took prescription drugs. However, police don't believe that drugs were a factor in her disappearance. But you could say I take prescription drugs. And that doesn't mean that they're like the fun drugs. Right. It could be like, yeah, I take birth control. But yeah, I was like, here's all my mood stabilizers. So now what? So but when you say prescription drugs, it's like it sounds real bad. Yeah. An occasional drug user. I don't know if that means she smoked pot on the occasion. I don't know what that means. Three days after the missing persons report was officially filed, neighbors reported a white box truck turned up at her residence at 1812 East Delta Drive at 1.30 a.m. Why are you so desperate to move at 1.30 in the morning? Sneaking out. Hmm. It's not. The occupants of the truck moved two loads out of Ashley's house as if they knew she wouldn't be coming back. Neighbors wrote down the license plate. Ooh, those are good neighbors. Those are good neighbors. Mm-hmm. Not getting involved, but doing their, yeah. their duty. Yep. Investigators confirmed that the truck was registered to Daniel York Sr.'s wife. Oopsie. Sheila. <laughs> Sheila York. <laughs> I can't say it. I don't know. Mrs. York. <laughs> Don believed that York Sr.'s son, Daniel York Jr., and his sister removed everything from his daughter's house. 
including her body. That's what he thinks. But there's no proof of that whatsoever. But why would you be emptying out someone else's house at 1.30 in the morning? Really no one logical reason. month later, November 15th, law enforcement officers finally searched Ashley's home. What? What? Why are we not in her house? What? I'm assuming this is the home that he, that the boyfriend is paying for her to be in. They never went through it. Mm-mm. She could have been in there the whole time. Yeah. And that's why the, they're like, okay, the missing persons reports have been filed. Maybe we should go clear everything out because it belongs to Daniel York. So he can do whatever he wants with the property. But they're doing it at 1.30 in the morning? It's like, what are you moving? This sounds like this should be an episode of Botched. Botched. <laughs> um, I don't, they didn't check. They, they could have just gone to her house and seen if she was home. Yeah. And discovered all her clothes and other items missing. Well, duh. Her estranged husband, Justin Mullis, petitioned the courts for an emergency custody hearing and gained full custody of his two young sons. Five months after his wife's disappearance, he was granted a divorce. Then Daniel York and his wife, Sheila moved to Sarasota, Florida, taking Abigail with them. Wonder what kind of a Sheila was she? This was permissible because Ashley had apparently signed over parental rights to Daniel. Because there is no record online of the document. Okay, can't verify, but it was probably forged. Uh, he had a wife the whole time? Mm-hmm, he had a wife the whole time. So now his girlfriend disappears and I get to take our baby to live with me and my wife in Florida where all dreams come true. Don Morris said that there is a good reason why people might want his daughter to disappear. He alleges, this is all allegedly. And allegedly. I don't, I don't know if it really. <laughs> allegedly. I don't know if this adds up or not, but that there are connections between Ashley and the residents of the community of Royerton in Delaware County, resulting from a potential malpractice suit she was bringing against a local physician. When Ashley was a child, she had her adenoids removed. It is alleged that the physician in question administered too much anesthesia during the procedure which resulted in health problems ever since. I don't. I, is there a statute of limitations on stuff like that? Not a clue. Uh, if it was a cla- it said you said class action, right? No. Oh. Well, who knows? Maybe years later they found malpractice. Yeah, that's yeah. Okay, okay yeah. In you addition know. to that, Don alleges that this physician and Daniel York Senior were involved in a drug operation, and that Ashley discovered something she shouldn't have through her malpractice suit. So that is the reason why he thinks that they got rid of her. She knew too much. But that's all alleged. I don't know the physician. I don't know if he ever got in trouble huh. for drugs. That's a lot to yeah. kind of assume. And it's know. a lot to prove, too. So while Don's claims about the physician have not been substantiated, ongoing concerns about Mr. York can be. On November 17th, 2010, the charred body of 22-year-old Heather Music was found in a burned-out room at the Budget Inn on West Commerce Road in Daleville, which is near Muncie, I think. Del- Delaware County Coroner had to use dental records to identify her. It's terrifying. Hers, Heather's father, Herman Music, suspected that his daughter had been murdered. He said his daughter was a drug addict who had become friends with some dangerous people. Two weeks before Heather's death, she told her father, Dad, I'm hey, ready. Wait a second. We're talking. Are we talking about these dangerous people right now? No. <laughs> no, we're not. Two weeks before. You're just saying that. No, I'm serious. No, you're not. I can't. Two. Don't call me Shirley. Stop it. Stop it. (laughs) Two weeks before Heather's death, she told her father, Dad, I'm ready to get off the drugs. Herman set up his daughter at a residence a couple of blocks from his house so that he could be close enough to help her if she needed it. Within a couple of days, Heather was taking drugs again. But how did she end up at the budget inn that night? 
Daniel York Sr. allegedly paid for the room Heather Music died in. What? How? I thought he moved to Sarasota. This is before in 2010. Oh. However, he refused to speak to the Daleville police and hired an attorney in January 2011. Daleville Police Chief James King, who headed up the investigation, said, We'd have to go through his attorney to talk to him. His attorney said they're willing to talk. He was supposed to call me back, and we have not heard from him. So it's like, if if I... I and we're mean, so concerned about this investigation, we're just, you know... It just, that sounds weird. We're maybe, sure he's a man of his word. <laughs> maybe it's out of context, but it's like, does he have the option just to not talk to you? It's like, but you rented this hotel room that a charred body was found in. And it's like, well, we'll get back to you later. After my you attorney, would, well, we'll get back to you. They, and could I guess, get a, they, they would need a judge to say... You talking? Oh, see, I don't, that's what I didn't know. It's like we're that coming like in for questioning. And can you just say no? I'm not coming in for questioning. Just not. Um. Yes, you can. You can have a judge that says yes, you are. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's what. And you can say no, I'm not, and then they can bring you in in handcuffs. Yes. Okay. Police spoke to Daniel the day of the fire, but weren't able to reach him after Heather's body was discovered. Guests on either side of Heather's motel room said that she had visitors off and on that night. By the next day, her room had been gutted by fire. Heather had carbon monoxide in her blood when she died. This means she was still breathing when the fire broke out. The case remains unsolved. Hmm. Ha. Huh. Hmm. So that that was it, I guess. For that well, we part. We tried to talk to that guy. We tried. Didn't and he didn't call us back. I hate it when that happens. <laughs> A couple of years after moving to Sarasota with his wife and little Abigail, Daniel York Sr. died at the age of 62 on September 15, 2015. After his death, Florida Judge Frederick Mercurio, Mercurio, okay, a Florida judge <laughs> ruled ruled in favor of Sheila regarding custody of Abigail. The adoption was finalized on August first, two thousand sixteen. So, so her family was like okay with this mm-mm. old couple watching their kid. No, no, well, their so, daughter's kid. Sorry. So now Abigail is being raised by Ashley's boyfriend's wife. Instead of being cared for by her biological grandparents or anyone with an actual family connection. Not only that, but Abigail's biological grandparents are being prevented from visiting her. So they just took, they said, oh no, she signed her rights away. I was like, here's proof. I was like, don't you have to have that notarized or something? Or like a non-impartial third party witnessing you sign that? I feel like your parental rights. That would make sense to me. Because otherwise you could just hold your gun, a gun to anyone's head and be like, sign this. Yeah. Or I'm just going to forge your signature because you don't have to have it notarized. But that seems really odd to me that that stands up. But because. It just in, sounds like a lot of people really didn't care what happened. But it's just so weird. That, That's why I mean, like everyone is just kind of like, I don't really feel like doing any work. So we're just going to. Yeah. I was like, I don't understand happen. why a Florida judge. I guess they would rule that she's already lived with them for so long that it's her home and her normalcy that she's lived with. The Yorks, you know, her parents should be raising the kid, but if we're have somehow it's not as if grieving the disappearance of their daughter wasn't enough. Police believe a fake private investigator was preying on the Morris family. A man from Boston, Massachusetts contacted them after likely hearing about Ashley's disappearance from social media sites. He told the family he was a private investigator, but officials discovered he didn't have law enforcement experience and had three felony warrants for his arrest from other states. What the hell? Yeah, because our aunt is a private eye, and she was a state trooper. So, I, like, that's your credentials, I guess? He shows up and tries to find a family in need and tells them that he's here to help. But it seems like he's taking advantage of the family, said Detective Walther. 
Police and family members believe the man created a fake fundraising site in Ashley's name only to pocket the money for himself. It's possible the man was after the family's $10,000 reward money. I've spoken to him one time on the phone, and after that, he wouldn't call me back, said the detective. So there's that thing again. He just wouldn't call me back. But I don't know what you do about people scamming you out of money, like how you get that back. I I don't don't know. know. Well, I mean, think about all the women you've seen on Dr. Phil over the years. Yeah. But they've given them like they've given men overseas hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. Yep. To find out that it's not real. The yeah. giveaway was when he asked to see your Bob and Vagine. Hmm? Show me your Bobs and your Vagine. <laughs> That's what all the you haven't seen that. You get all the um, spam from all the guys over in India. Yeah. Send me see your send, Bobs. Send me your Bobs and Vagine. <laughs> My sister-in-law hates it, so my brother says it to her all the time. <laughs> He'll send her, like... Ashley Morris Mullins is not the only person to have mysteriously vanished from the Muncie and Royerton area of Indiana. A large number of young women have disappeared from or been found murdered in the tri-state area. 24-year-old Jessica Masker disappeared on April 15, 2013, just weeks after giving birth to her son. She, too, was young, petite, and had long, dark hair. So this is the trend we're going to see. Jessica was last seen leaving the Riley Hospital for Children, where she had gone to visit her premature baby, who was addicted to drugs at the time of his birth. Yeah, it's bad. Jessica was believed to be chasing her own drug addiction the day that day at her cousin's house in the 4800 block of East Washington Street. She told her brother that some men inside the dope house had come at her wrong and that she was walking to 21st Street and Emerson Avenue to meet her boyfriend. The same delightful young man that beat her and fed her drugs. He had beat her so bad so many different times he had messed her ankle up. Her hip was fractured, like splintered down the hip through the spine, said her mother, Sherry Edwards. Fourteen hours later was the last phone call, the warning that the boyfriend was coming around to give her a ride in the middle of the night, and then Jessica disappeared. Jessica was trying to fight her addiction. She was trying to overcome that so she could go back to her son, so she could have her son, said Sherry. The boyfriend was questioned by IMPD but told Detective Monica Enns that he doesn't know what happened to Jessica. Detective Enns says she didn't believe him. I don't either. Maybe the reason witnesses aren't talking is because they're either complicit in her disappearance or up to their necks in drugs. So just because you're doing drugs doesn't mean that you should be murdered and disappeared no, or I abducted yeah. or anything like that. Uh, Jessica is deaf in one ear, so she she speaks a little louder than usual so that she can hear herself speak. She was behind in life without a high school education and stripping to support herself. She was trying to change her life for the better, said Sherry, who managed to place Jessica in drug rehab three times. She came out and she told me how hard it was, and she told me I don't ever want to do that again. But in the end, addiction and bad life choices, the drugs that led to them, had more more powerful hold over Jessica. Her family is visiting drug houses looking for signs that she's been there and reading a diary she kept with names and addresses and accounts of what it was like to prowl neighborhoods looking for drugs. Jessica would now be 30 years old. She was 5 foot 2 inches tall and weighs about 95 pounds with hazel eyes and long brown hair. She has a tattoo on her left wrist and another on her right arm and was last seen wearing a red and black plaid jacket with fur around the hood and blue jeans with gray and pink tennis shoes. She was last seen on April 15th, 2013 in Indianapolis, Indiana at 2126 Napoleon Street. If you know what happened to Jessica Masker in mid-April of 2013, call Crime Stoppers at 317-262-TIPS. 
Anyone with information can contact the IMPD Missing Persons Unit at 317-327-6160 or missingpersons at ND.gov. I'm going to say that same thing a couple more times, but not right now. Brianna DeBatsy, 25, went missing on June 16, 2014 from Muncie. She was also petite and attractive with long brown hair. She was 5'4 and weighed 110 pounds. Her remains were found almost four months later at the Jay County Conservation Club. Brianna's death was a result of an overdose, but the cause of death was ruled undetermined, mainly because her skull and both hands were missing. (gasps) Oh, my. Yeah. So that's not that's That's not not an overdose. No. So they probably found drugs in her system. But here's they say, though, that animals were responsible for her missing remains. And it's like, um, really? Yeah. All of that. Okay, was she somewhere that a bear got to her? I don't know. Because what else could the fuck be out there that would have removed a skull? The thing is also that her was she, she completely was she completely decomposed? I don't know. Does it? Yeah. Because if not, I don't know how anything would have made off with her skull. I can, yeah, it's like the hands and the, like, did you not find anything? What animal is going to just take the skull? Like smaller animals might take fingers and a bear might have. Yeah, like her head. Yeah, her whole head. Mm-hmm. An animal and is so maybe just they can chew tell. off the head. I, maybe they can tell by the if there's teeth marks at the neck or something, but like, how was this separated? What like are we talking serrated like a saw, or are there animal marks? I don't know. What but animal is doing that? I don't though? know. Like a bear. That's what I keep saying. It was just a bear that was. Bears there. will do that. But her shoes, a purse, and cell phone were not at the scene. So did animals take the bear those? Take too? those. The bear had some calls to make. To make, yeah. I don't know what happened that night, said the, the then Albany police chief, Shannon Henry, to the Star Press. I still feel that she was dumped there, and I think most of law enforcement feels that way. If you have any information about the death of Brianna DeBatsi, uh, contact the Albany Police Department at 765-789-6151. Uh, this one's a short one, and I don't know if she's really connected or not, but it's another missing person. Sarah Kilgore was last seen walking in her Indianapolis neighborhood on October 9th, 2011. She's 31 years old, stands 5'7", and weighs between 120 and 130 pounds. She has brown hair and blue eyes, and she has uh, tattoos. She has the name Patrick on her lower back and a Tweety Bird tattoo on her right leg. She was last seen walking in her neighborhood, and then she simply vanished without a trace. I don't have... She would now be 39 years old if you have any information on the disappearance of they Sarah. They didn't have any information on that one. Yeah, I couldn't find hardly anything. That's bizarre. Well, you go, you go on to NamUs, the National Missing People, something, you know, mm-hmm. and that that's all they had. If wow. you have any information on Sarah Kilgore, please contact the Indianapolis Police Department, 317-327-6915. Okay, now we're going back to Ashley's story. Ashley's family continues to search for answers regarding their daughter's disappearance. Don and his wife, Leandra Morris, have traveled all over the state, handing out missing persons flyers, conducting interviews, starting Facebook groups, creating T-shirts and banners, organizing search parties, following up on tips, and hiring a private canine search and recovery company. Don knows every step will get him closer to finding his daughter. He reiterated that there was no way his daughter would have left her family and children without letting someone know where she was going. He is vocal about his feelings that local authorities have forgotten about his daughter's case. She has pierced ears, a small mole on the right side of her forehead. She has a tattoo on her upper left arm that reads Ashton, 
and a small butterfly on her right leg. She may have been wearing a ruby ring and or single small diamond ring. Uh, she may have been wearing a cross necklace and or a necklace of half of a heart with BFF. Which is sad. Anyone with relevant information on Ashley's disappearance or where she might be now, contact Detective Walther at the Delaware County Sheriff's Office, 765-747-7781. Or call the Indiana State Police, 317-543-9962. But wait, there's more. But wait. So that was all the Muncie area, but there's something that's going on in southern Indiana also, which, you know, you say missing person in Indiana, and the first name you say is? Lawrence Bear. Lawrence Bear. Okay. Jolie Lockwood, a 30-year-old mother of two from Evansville, Indiana. Evansville, is that, that's close to Bloomington, right? No. No. How it's, far? It's further south. I mean, you're it's closer like, to, like, you, Louisville, honestly. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah it's at the farther. Okay. Southern, going southern. Down there next weekend. Oh, no. Um, she was last seen on foot leaving a friend's house July 9th, 2014. Jolie is 5'3", weighs 125 pounds, and has brown hair and hazel eyes. I'm safe, by the way. Yeah. I weigh more than these and girls. Yeah, <laughs> After she left her friend's house... That's <laughs> using the silver lining yeah. card. Yep, yep, I'm fine. to be abducted. I'm too curvy to be abducted, <laughs> and my hair is too blonde. Yep. Uh, after she left her friend's house, police say she ran into an old acquaintance, Ricky House Jr., whom she had met years earlier when she was in high school. Ricky offered Jolie a ride, but suggested that she come to his mobile home first to meet his girlfriend. For 60 days, she was tied up and kept in a small cage. She was sometimes released from her cage. I don't like hearing this. I know. Hold on. She was sometimes released from her cage and forced to cook and clean for Ricky and his girlfriend, Kendra Tooley, 44. She was given very little food and water. So with that one, obviously they have found her and found her alive. But she was like going with someone she, I left it in for this reason. She was going with someone she knew, like remembered. And it's like, hey, you take me home? He's like, yeah, sure. And then you're in the car with them and they're like, but let's stop by my place first. That's bad when they're changing like the, they're like, oh, well, let's just do this real quick. Let's just stop by. They're going to change the plans. Yeah. While you're- and, but it sounds okay because it's my girlfriend. And, for you know, normally there probably wouldn't have been a girlfriend there at all. But there right. actually was a piece of shit woman there. So I added this because of that. It's like she knew this person, but how she got out was some other person came over and they're bragging about a woman they have kept in a cage behind the couch. And he was like, excuse me? Like, that's not, you can't do that. No. And the Ricky fuck had a shotgun pulled up on this guy like under his chin and was like, leave now. You know, don't take my cooking cleaning slave. I didn't say anything about being sexually assaulted, but it's. It could be. And this guy's like, you either need to shoot me or I'm going to take that gun from you and beat you with it. And he did and saved that girl. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's why I left that in there. But so they were trying to connect her to other miss, like it's a missing mom, a petite brown hair, you know. I wonder if there might be some podcasts about this one. Uh, Christy Kelly was last seen at the VFW Post in Boonville, Indiana. Boonville. I feel like I've heard of it before. Um, looks like Boonville is going to be right outside of Evans Mill, maybe okay. 20 miles. Okay, they should be pretty close together, yeah. VFW. The VFW they is have a, a vineyard down there. It's a bar. Yes, it's the Boone's Farm. The Boone's Farm, farm, the Boone's farm Boone's Winery. Farm vineyard. <laughs> um, With the finest of sugar wines, you can, oh, that's, uh, can It's mostly water, isn't it? <laughs> She was last seen on August 15th, 2014. She can be seen in surveillance footage that is grainy at best. 
At best. At best. Leaving the lot in her vehicle, Christy is a 27-year-old pharmacy technician and a mother of two. She stands five foot five and weighs roughly 135 pounds. She has brown hair and blue eyes. Around 1.30 a.m., she got in her silver 2003 Nissan Xterra and headed for home, seemingly unaware that she had left her cell phone at the bar. Um, the people at the bar, like 1.30 is close to closing time, isn't it? Normally 2 is 2 closing time. Last call is 2.30, yeah, okay. I believe. In my, okay. But And the bartender was like, she wasn't drunk. She had a couple beers. And I turned around and she was just gone. And I thought she was in the bathroom and she wasn't there. And we're kind of like, well, I guess she just left. And so, like, it's weird. But somewhere between the bar and her parents' house, a distance of less than two miles, Christy disappeared. <sighs> One month after she went missing, Christy's SUV. Is that an SUV? A what? Nissan Xterra? Yes. Okay. Christy's SUV was pulled from a, a small 50-foot deep lake filled with green, murky water. Christy was inside. Oh. Yeah. The oh, coroner's- so maybe she was drunk. Way to insult the, the deceased, Carla. Why don't you just, just go ahead and it point It sounds like you were trying to make a you logical yeah. ending to the story. Uh, the coroner's office later determined she died of asphyxia due to drowning in an accident, according to the am- amended final coroner's autopsy report. Because of the amount of time her body was in the water, the pathologist said he could not determine the amount of alcohol in Christie's system at the time of the accident. An expert who examined the vehicle said the extent of damage couldn't be explained by the SUV entering the water, like simply running into water. Like if you hit a guardrail or a tree or something, I like it would slow. I don't know the extent of what's around this water. I don't know. But just pl- running straight into water wouldn't necessarily beat up your car. Um, oh, would it? Correct. I don't know. Okay. Well, I mean, it would do. There'd be damage. I'll read it to you. But it's okay. And say if you think you agree. Okay. Its front end and hood were crumpled. The no. bumper, fender, power steering pump. Was, was it dropped from 100 feet? Yeah. The, the power <laughs> no, steering. No, I mean, really. No, I don't think so. It's it at was... a small lake that was 50 foot, feet deep. Okay. But. Did she run off of something but That's else? what I'm saying. I don't she think dive so. Off no, I think it's just back row. Like, you know. she There's was not really mi- cliffs. You know, she was two around. miles from her parents' house. I don't, there was no, I don't think there was a yeah. bridge or anything. So we think she, she got. She would have had to have <clears throat> hit something. And then, which again, there would be evidence of damage but, to something or an accident. Yeah, like what else did you there'd hit? Be skid marks, another car, be something. Yeah, or right. like did you plow into some, the lake? There'd be some sort of debris. 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 And yeah, there would be like you hit the brakes, even if you were drunk, like you would still hit the brakes. I feel like this I don't makes know. okay. Finished. So okay, so I can put my two cents in. Let's well, see. okay, but if she had been drunk and hit something and done the damage to the hood. And then drove into the lake. But here's, right. okay. That seems like. Here, let me read it, though. Yeah. Its front end and hood were crumpled. The bumper, fender, power steering pump, and grill were damaged. The expert concluded that there must have been a collision before the SUV entered the lake. The damage, the expert said, would have made it very difficult for her to turn the vehicle at all. Like to say, I got in a wreck, and after my wreck, I drove and ended up in a lake. Sounds like to me she got in a bad wreck. I think also right, yeah. passed out and they were like, we'll just push this car into yeah. the lake with her in it. Her keys were in her pocket and the car was in park. How- There's what? a perfectly logical explanation for that. Mm. Well, usually if you if you hit something very hard on the outside, so hard that there's no damage or anything or any debris or nothing left on the outside that you flip up into the pond or into a body of water. 
that the best thing for you to do, the safest thing, is to put the car into park while you're in midair, shut it off, and put the keys in your pocket. I feel like that's not accurate. Science, Danielle. Yeah. You and just they don't also, understand science. She ended up in the back seat, too. Like, she wasn't oh, yeah, even in the driver's seat. Oh, yeah, you also are supposed to unbuckle and get it's, in the back seat. Yeah. Oh, Brace for impact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like that seatbelts are wrong. Seatbelts are wrong. You're supposed to jump into the back seat. So it seems like she was just drunk and wrecked her car in a pond, and the p- car sunk all the way, and they couldn't find her for a month. It took lake, you know, expert people surveillance to find. They checked like eight to ten different lakes. I don't um, like the way any of it sounds. No, the Warwick County Sheriff's Office ruled Christy Kelly's death an accident, then sealed the records in her case. Her family has been fighting to get access to the records of the investigation and to reopen their daughter's case, which they recently won. The sheriff's like, no, you don't need to see this. Like, I've already decided it's closed. It could be offensive or compromise, like, other people that were questioned during it. Like, you failed a polygraph, which several people failed a polygraph that the family didn't know about, including her. I don't know, was her boyfriend? I'm speculating now because I'm not sure. That's all so bad. But the thing is, they released the information. They had to file a lawsuit to do that. But it wasn't, here's the information, I give it to my family, your family. Here's the information, the whole public gets it. So the family is kind of like, well, we would have liked to look at it just ourselves first. You know, they're like, minute. well, you wanted it, here yeah, it is. Here it is. And I don't know, because that just happened. So I don't know what they've figured out since then. They probably have a private investigator and all this other stuff. But it's like, they're just saying it was a DUI and she ran off the road. Okay, but But why I was think car you said then? that if she was in a wreck with another car and it, if she was dead... Or they thought she was dead. I got it. I know exactly what happened. So she was coming up the road, and all of a sudden, Magneto steps out from behind a bush. And, <laughs> and they swept they, up. They swept There's something up. about debris where they find debris doesn't make sense. Also, like she headed for home, but then her car was found the opposite direction of home. You can see where she turned to go to her parents' house, and the car ends up like on the other side this way. I like my. That someone hit her, thought she was dead, and pushed the they car. They were like. I'm fucked up too. Mm-hmm. And so like, I'm just going to point this bad boy in another direction and push throw her in. in the back seat. Push it in. Push and drive it over there the best I can and then put it in park once the front wheels are in there and just push it in. Would a 2003 Nissan... But if you're going to roll something into the water, you're not going to put it in, in the park. park. Yeah. So that I don't know I how don't that know. happened. Um, but the, that car would not be the type of car, the push button car, 2003. It had to have been a steep off yeah yeah or a possible. bridge or something i don't know i i don't have all i'm sure there is a podcast or i just don't know why this. the car would have been in park that's what i read i don't know unless don't. there was like a fishing dock they slowly backed it into and at the last second like let's put it into park and fuck with everyone very possible yeah. i Once i don't get it answers. off the, yeah they might have more answers after because they got her case open and so that is good and i last. definitely feel like there's <clears throat> some logical explanation and it has to do with foul play i would guess that and that's what they're after and the, and it's hard to get cases reopened and of course lauren spear at the indiana university student who went missing on june 3rd 2011 months before you started went, college uh, bloomington indiana which now is not next door to evansville is it it's farther. It, it never has been you're just making no. stuff up it's I was faster to, to get there now that they built 69 Okay. It's hard for me to picture because I was trying to picture where all these girls are missing from. And they listed her I mean, as if she was like close by. And I was like, I feel like this is not I right. mean, in the grand scheme of things, things, I mean. Southern Indiana. Yeah. Uh, she was 20 years old, 4'11 and 100 pounds. Lauren did not have brown hair. However, she was blonde. 
Uh, Lauren was last seen near Kilroy Sports Bar in Bloomington on a Friday night. Christy Kelly was last seen at a bar in Boone, Booneville almost exactly four years later on a Friday. Uh, police reports indicate that Christy left her cell phone behind at a bar. Lauren's cell phone was found at Kilroy's, along with her shoes, too, I think. Uh, the third shared fact between the young women is that both at the time of their disappearance were slight and petite, and both were wearing tank tops. So I don't, I, those two may not be connected at all, but it's just, you, the Lauren time. thing is really unsatisfying. Yeah. Cause you just would think the amount of people that live in Bloomington, somebody would have saw something. Yeah. Uh, well, and now how many say, people are out on Fridays and I know it was summer, but a lot of people stay behind. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'll read my sources. WBKR.com. Crimeola.com, Herald Bulletin, WishTV.com, IndyStar, Investigation Discovery, and Namus.com. That's how much work I put into that. They put a lot of work into that. Yeah. So Lauren, now we were talking about how Israel Keys could have been responsible for hers, like the driving distance from his parents' house to IU to uh, the IU National Forest, like adds up on his rental car, like time to get a kill kit, kick, pick a woman up and like go back home. Honestly, nothing is out of the realm of possibility for that, with that case. I mean, and he's dead now too, so you'll never know. Yeah, Simple, uh, similar to with Ashley Mullins, that her baby daddy died, and then the sheriff died, and so and now no one, like her husband, might not, you know, ex husband may not know anything about it at all. So it's like, were her remains ever found? No, I mean that's Ashley, really the only thing that both of those stories have would have to go off of is somebody actually found the remains. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel so bad, like families that I almost would feel better having found a body. Same. And then every time that they find like a woman's remains in southern Indiana, I mean, people are automatically like, it's Lauren Spear. And then it turns out not to be. And then their parents have to, her parents have to go through that. Oh, yeah. That's rough. They're from New York. Yeah. I bet they never come near the state if they can avoid it. I think I saw them on campus once. Once putting flyers up yeah same that's all you can do it's like your facebook you've got flyers and it's like i don't know how you find people um i know they didn't want psychics involved ashley's parents didn't no psychics which they can scam you or not be right or give you false hope but the thing is to use cadaver dogs you have to have like an area yeah you have to have something in mind before you just head out there yeah it's not like you just random places i just had a feeling about this spot so yeah and i think the dogs are the best way to find things usually i mean some dogs are trained to find living people i've been listening to no stone unturned which is the origin story of forensic science of Mm. applying like people that would throw pigs under a certain amount of dirt to see what they look like decomposing wise and you know they do unsolved missing people and use dogs it's just the evolution of it. It's very interesting. You can't be tired and listening to it, though. Why? Because they put the you to voice, sleep? Yeah, the That's voice her, is very the good. the serial girl. Little, yeah. I'd wake up. I'd be like three episodes later. I'd be like, God damn, yeah. she's so soothing. Yeah, but he talks about bloodhounds and the use of them and how police at first were like, no, we don't need a bloodhound unit. Like, we, why would we need that? And he's like, fine, I'll just start my own unit. And he has his, you know, fancy bloodhound dogs. One likes decomposing bodies and one living people. So it's it's really impressive what they can do. Right, I know that you keep, still. I have... keep threatening you, threatening you if I'm going to bring a uh, bloodhound no. puppy home. He was saying no. like people. <laughs> he came up on him, and the dog's whole face was submerged in the water. And he's like, "What's wrong with your dog?" And he's like, "She's flushing her sinuses. Like we're, <laughs> we're working here, you know. We're working, and you can't let them off the leash, or they'll take off, and you can't get them back. Yeah, you have to keep them on. 
And you, I don't know, they retell their stories. Oh, they're just so wrinkly. <laughs> and, but what is the joke? It's like God gave the bloodhound a choice between a nose and a brain, and he chose the nose. Yeah. <laughs> So it's it's so sad. People go missing all the time. It's terrifying. It makes you wonder, but at the same time, it's just like I feel like sometimes we go out and we feel invincible mm-hmm. and nothing bad could ever happen. Yeah. But like I really try not to think like that ever. Yeah. People went missing before Uber. So and I also want to say just because you, they're strippers or uh, exotic dancers addicted to drugs, not addicted to drugs, good moms, less than stellar moms, it does not matter. You have no reason to be murdered and abducted or like that's not okay there's no like how lauren you know we're saying oh it's just this she was drunk she was on drugs okay well that's not really like does that give people permission to abduct her it just it makes you so much vulnerable as a woman and that people that are addicted to drugs will put themselves in more vulnerable positions because of said drugs yeah which um I think that's especially why you don't want to weigh just a hundred pounds, <laughs> exactly. even if it's a healthy yeah. weight for you. Yeah. Just put on more. some pounds <laughs> or put wear ankle weights. Ankle weights. <laughs> ankle weights. <laughs> like from the nineties. I can picture mom's yeah. blue ones. Yeah. Like, yep. We would play with those. Yep. Um, I think it's the murder squad is talking about a serial killer potentially in Ohio that goes after women that are putting themselves in vulnerable positions doing sex work to supply their drug habit and he knows they'll come out like i know i can have a field to pick from because these women that are just even just soccer moms who got addicted to drugs Mm -hmm. through legal means and it's like these women are coming out here and then people don't care as much when the fringe part of society gets murdered or abducted they don't care as much and that's why i mentioned i know all these women are white but that's what the media portrays i mean yeah and it's like so if anyone wants me or us to talk about a missing person even if it's not like a whole case a whole story at the beginning or middle and somewhere we can talk about someone that is missing and who to contact or what they were last wearing because everyone listens to podcasts now and we are a local podcast even though we're not as cool as crime junkie we're way cooler way cooler man <laughs> no she's nice mm-hmm. um so this i did a lot more work it than really I tries i it weighs on me like when i hear about people women my age that are out doing things that i'm like you can't walk alone and you hear how then they are like i accidentally walked home alone i'm like you can't do that like i know you feel you literally feel invincible sometimes especially when you're like drinking i remember walking on u of nd campus fucked up and walking home like i'm just gonna walk yeah or my friends used to walk home all the time from bloomington and you're like do you remember that time like a girl named lauren spear i don't know if you've heard of her got abducted you just feel like i don't know you feel very like well being Vulnerable. drunk lowers your inhibition, so you're just like, I'm fine. Watch out. I'm Here fine. I, I threw up a well, I, mean, I still chips. like, I Uber home alone all the time, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I Ubered home alone the other night, but mm-hmm. I was like, I felt fine. I don't know. Yeah. The guy is like, Carla, and I'm like, Derek. <laughs> We're best friends now, oh, are we? Derek. Only, only mildly intoxicated. <laughs> Derek. <laughs> no, no DUI, man. Don't don't drink and drive. All the uh, most of the Uber like Lyft drivers I get in with, they just want to get you in and out as fast as possible. Yeah, like, they're like don't barf in my car. Exactly. They don't like but, having conversation with people. Mm-mm. I don't want to talk to them. And then Derek drove away before I got into my house, and I did not like that. And oh. I turned around. You're supposed you're to check. Asshole. Wait to make sure I get. the I lights. know. I was like, you're an asshole. I have to flip the lights so you know that I'm safe. Yeah. So I think it's... Wow, I can't wait to go home and be terrified Terrified tonight. of being alone. Yep. No, it was Thanks. Hannah Wilson that got abducted off her front porch. Stop that it. One. These girls, I don't think it was their front porch. I don't think. Any of them, anybody get 
break into the house and get them. Mm-mm. No, because Hannah, like the door was open. Probably all older, older style homes close to a city. Where these kind of things happen. It was in Bloomington, that one. Stop. <laughs> Stop. I'm Moving fine. I have CJ. Yeah, you do have CJ. He leaves at 3 a.m. though. Okay. I always, I'm like, hopefully nobody gets him. <laughs> he leaves at 3 a.m. Yeah. To go to work? Yeah. Oh my God, what does he do for a living? He does the morning news. No shit. Well, he's not on the it. news, but he like. He works for. He works for Fox 59. Okay. Boris, get off the papers. Nope. So my other, speaking of guys, there's like uh, the other podcast was First Degree, and that's with Billy Jensen, who is on the murder squad with Paul Holes, and he's with two other young women, I forget their names, but it's a First Degree Connection, which we could submit a story, which I might do that, but they talked about the smiley face killer, which there's more than one, but this, what you just mentioned, it's men that get found, go missing and get found in a body of water. It's like, did you accidentally drown? Like your body, that how happened. long does it decompose? At IU, yeah. A student was found in Griffey Lake, but nobody really seemed to care because it was a guy. Yeah. See, that's when they were talking about, like, if this was happening to, like, a group of women that seemingly could be connected, like what I just described here. I'm not reading off a list of men. It's no. all women. And they didn't want to acknowledge it, in theory, because it's men of a healthy age, decent body type, in shape, and smart. Like, all the men have the same thing in common. And it's like, and those are, you're supposed to not be vulnerable. It's supposed to be the women, or you know, that are. You and just so. described me. Yeah, smart, smart, healthy guy. I think younger though is the thing. Oh all- my god, <laughs> they're all younger. So that, that's something they talked about in one of those episodes. It's interesting. I recommend them too. And I think that's everything. Thank you for recommending this, Chon- Chanda. Thank you. I'm sorry, I can't say your name. So if anyone else wants to submit. A missing person they want me to talk about or if i've offended someone talking about their missing person i'm just trying to help <laughs> yeah. trying if you want to like scare me more and just yeah. you know and do we have anything else are you good i'm good i'm good it makes me uneasy talking about this stuff like the, the mannequins the mannequins the mannequins is just like an irrational fear yeah this is like it could happen to mm-hmm. me when i'm driving home right now mm-hmm. you could see someone fall in mire and you have to help yeah. Have to. Yep. And Boris did a good job. Right, Boris. Right, Boris. You did a ding dong. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Who's Your Homicide. Also, have a Facebook page. We've gotten a lot of likes recently because it tells me when we get a like. <laughs> and <laughs> um, we're on all the podcast places. Pl- places. Podcoin now is the. Podcoin's hot, apparently a thing. A hot topic. The hot got- topic. You can get money or something mm-hmm. if you listen to us for 10 minutes. Yeah. Just subject yourself for 10 minutes and it's double points for a little while longer. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, that's cool, man. It's cool. Um, and for honest to goodness, stay, stay out, out of, of the, the corn. corn. Be safe. Be safe for the love of God. It is in human nature to have extremely enjoyable feelings that make you feel guilty. Join me, your host, the one and only Father Sin, every week while I delve into the inner workings of the human mind. In my own twisted and sinful way, on The Sinful Show, available wherever you get your podcasts.